We want to take a moment to talk about our show and its place in the world we're currently living in. You may have noticed that we took a week-long break from facing off. Uh, The episode that you're about to hear was recorded before we knew of George Floyd and his death at the hands of the Minnesota Police Department. Um, Excuse its jovial tone. Now is not the time to be jovial. Please know that we will continue to provide entertainment, uh, as we always have. But behind the scenes in our personal lives, we are taking the time to educate ourselves, humble ourselves, listen, and take action to ensure that this moment does not turn to platitudes and a return to the status quo. Uh, We will use our platform, as small as it may be, uh, to lift up people of color in any way that we can. Um, That being said, we're not going to pretend to be anything other than two guys who uh, love people, love movies, and genuinely want a better world for every person living in it. Yeah, if you have an idea uh, or criticism or... uh, means for us to use this podcast to lift up others please tell us we are open we are learning black lives matter to us and black voices matter to us please enjoy this episode um please always uh, be humble and and always be learning thank you thank you i get off the boat uh, i think i'm gonna be sick i can take a job with this gone too far tell our little guy to turn us around walk There's no earthly way of knowing which direction we are going. There's no knowing where we're rowing or which way the river's flowing. Is it raining? Is it snowing? Is a hurricane a blowing? Not a speck of light is showing, so the danger must be growing? Are the fires of hell a glowing? Is the grizzly reaper mowing? Yes! The danger must be growing, for the rowers keep on rowing, and they're suddenly not showing any signs that they are slowing! Gentlemen, you can't fight in here, this is the war room. You can't handle the truth. King Kong ain't got shit on me! Make my day. Let's take me more here. Let's bright. Fuck you. Everybody on? Good. Great. Bad. Wonderful. Welcome to Facing Off. <laughs> oh, God, dude. We might have to stop. <laughs> or if there was just one, it'd be better. Uh, my name's Nick. This is Gabe. I lost a bet uh, with Gabe about golf, and now I have to eat everlasting gobstoppers the entire time we do this episode. <laughs> sound like a dork. <laughs> but this is Facing Off, a podcast in which we uh, rate, um, compare, contrast two movies with similar plots, or in today's uh, case, they're essentially remakes of one another, remakes of the same book, yeah. uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, and Charlie. 
and the Chocolate Factory. Oh, I'm so excited. These are our episodes. <clears throat> I'm going to sound real weird this whole time. Yeah, I may have him not do the bet at some point, but it's it's I'm certainly say, enjoyable. So I tried far. two gobstoppers at once. I will be doing just one from here on out. <laughs> well, I, I hope will, it's uh, enjoyable. I'll be telling you all at the end which of the flavors I like the most and which of them I'll never have again. I wish we had the candy for you where you can like spit in seven different colors. What? Um, That's a candy? Yeah, no. When no, when Willy Wonka, oh. when uh, Mike TV's mom, oh, it was like is an IRL sick. candy. Dude, I am so incredibly stoked for this. Oh, for anyone know that are. knows me, I'm crazy obsessed with Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. And I don't know, maybe I'm obsessed with Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Let's find out. Um. Anyways, <laughs> do you have any shoutouts? Uh, we could do like shoutouts and emails and stuff. Mm. Yeah, do we have emails and things? We don't have any emails, but I want to give a shout out to Ryan Martin again. He uh, sent me a bunch of notes actually from listening to our uh, Joker versus Taxi Driver episode. Mm -hmm. Um, And he brought up some notes that you might agree with that I'll just say really quickly. But I do want to say, Marty, this episode is especially going to be for you because judging, going based off of our conversation over breakfast, I'm going to yell at Nick a lot today and it's going to be really fun. Uh, he's super excited about it. Uh, Marty texted me about last week's episode, kind of mostly talking shit about Frances Conroy because he also doesn't like her, and I think it's her face. Mm. Um, the the woman who plays uh, Joker's mom, mm-hmm. Ar- Arthur Fleck's mom. Um, he said, uh, I definitely agree with your point about lack of supporting performances in Joker, although I do feel like the only character with a large enough role to really shine was the mom. The rest were so lightly featured, they didn't really have an opportunity. The way Joker was structured, Phoenix's performance carried a lot more weight in factoring the overall acting quality of the film compare- compared to your standard main protagonist. That's one of the reasons I like the movie so much, though. Uh, the lack of any prominent supporting roles was necessary to catalyze the audience's ability to empathize with the character, which is what Kane, I think, brought Whoa, up big in the last words. episode. Yeah, super smart guy. Um, for actoring score, it's not a seven, but it's def higher than a six. Like I was trying to say, yeah. I think if the performances turned in by side characters like Brian, um, what's his name? Callan? Yeah, Brian Callan. Uh, or the guys on the subway were on par with the ones you see in like No Country for Old Men, like all the mm-hmm. side characters, it would be a seven. And I love that Marty said that because that is one of the movies I'm thinking of when I'm thinking of that. But it is a little different because though Anton Chigurh is such a like menacing monster of a character, it's mm-hmm. one, one of the greatest performances, There, he's not the lead of No Country for Old Men. So you don't need him. Yeah. You, like there are more, there are bigger roles on the side. Right. Um, uh, he said the little person did an amazing job, in my opinion. I forget the name of that actor, but he is great. Uh, but personally, I wasn't all that impressed by the performance from the mom, which takes a bit off. Well, Marty, uh, you didn't get to the rest of the episode before we're recording, but thank you for your feedback. That is the exact type of feedback we're looking for. <laughs> um, if you want, you could send us an email or you could text us or you can like DM us on something or you can call us and... Uh, and talk about what you thought about these movies and how you broke them down. If you gave us your scores, we would fucking love that. And we'd mm-hmm. honestly like post it. Or, you know, keep it private if you wanted or to. Or talk about it in episode, maybe, if you're lucky. Yeah, exactly. So, thank you, Marty. Uh, if you want to send an email, it's facingoffpodcast at gmail.com. <sighs> Nicholas, why don't you hit us with the synopses sure. of these two movies? Early reviews. Dude, who likes orange-flavored stuff? Like, Yeah. 
They're trash. I think like orange starbursts are like okay. Can we, but they're, no, they're, they're not. They're, they're the are worst not of all them. Okay. Actually, I think I like them more than yellow. I've drawn three straight orange, and I'm upset. Also, who's paying for my dental bills after this? Not me. You lost a bet. I did. Blame Tom Brady. So, Willy Wonka and Charlie, both of Chocolate Factory fame, follow the same <laughs> plot, basically, until the end. So, here they are. A reclusive candy tycoon named Willy Wonka is infamous for his eccentricity, reclusive nature, and delicious chocolate. I remember. I remember when they first invented chocolate. Yeah. Sweet, sweet chocolate. It's a SpongeBob reference. Oh. Well, the suspense is killing me. I hope it'll last. Wonka initiates a worldwide dash to find five golden tickets hidden within the wrappings of his famous candy bars. Those who find the ticket get to visit Wonka's factory with a family member and join an exclusive tour of the factory. The five winners, Gluttony, Augustus Glute, a German fat kid, Pride, Violet Beauregard, a gum-addicted world record holder. Greed, Veruca Salt, the heiress of a nut fortune. Oh, shit, you are actually blowing my mind. I father paid his workers to open a shitload of candy bars just to, find his gra- uh, just to find his ticket for his daughter. And Sloth, Mike TV, a boy who loves TV. Also, Charlie and his grandpa, both of whom are super-duper poor, but very lucky to have this chance to visit a chocolate factory. What's their sin? Being poor? Um... If you if you read really far into the movie, Charlie is lust. Yeah, that makes sense. And uh, the, holy shit, and the grandpa is envy. Was this like intentional? I don't know. Yes, maybe. You're actually. I've seen this movie like thirty times. You never, you're bl- never you're blowing that? my mind. Yeah, yeah, I'm so pumped. Yeah, Charlie can be seen as as lust, and grandpa can be seen as envy. Okay. Anyways, upon their factory visit. Each encounters, each child encounters a situation that horribly disfigures them, except for the wide-eyed Charlie, who is a nice kid, and this is where the stories veer. In Willie, Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, Charlie is nice and all, but he steals some fizzy drinks during the visit and thus is excluded by Wonka from earning the final prize until he passes up the opportunity to report about what he's seen in the factory, and Wonka reveals that he's set the whole spying thing up to test Charlie and reward him with the keys to the factory as he's uh, proven himself a worthy heir. In Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, Charlie is given the keys to the factory but chooses to live with his family, who are the most important people in his life. Wonka is depressed, unmotivated to make candy until Charlie taps into Wonka's deep-seated daddy issues and prompts Wonka to visit his estranged dentist father after years of absence. Willie and his father reconcile, and Willie allows Charlie's entire family to move to the factory. That's like the big, big difference in plot. Basically, well, they're the same. Charlie and Willy Wonka. Okay, so this is going to be a problem to try to say the name. For sure. We're either going to refer to it as Charlie and or Willy Wonka and. Yeah. Um, I just put in my Charlie notes it's just Willy or Charlie. Willy Wonka and is allowed to bring his family to the factory. He says to him, yeah. everyone yeah, yeah, can yeah. do in that. In Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, that's not the deal at first. Right. And then... Um, and then it is after Willie right because it becomes it. more about family yeah. for sure. Okay, great synopses. Uh, reason why we're oh, doing this. Uh, but first of all, they're both on Netflix. Second of all, I am crazy obsessed with Willy Wonka. Dude. Like, like to to a disturbing degree. I do have these like. It's kind of interesting that I watch so many movies, but I'm all. I also repeat uh, watch so many random movies 
Like yeah. this is one of those really random ones. It's not but that I just think random. It's, it's a really good. Well, it's a good movie. Yeah, I mean, I think it, I I remember why I started rewatching it a lot, and it's because there was this candy store, and any of my LG friends could try to remind me of what the name of the candy store was. But it opened up in Los Gatos. It's kind of a big chain. Um, Rocket Fizz. It's not Rocket Fizz. Um, That's where I got my everlasting cob choppers. I'm so happy for you. Uh, <laughs> but uh, in the back of the of the candy store, which we would go to during the summer, like in middle school and like even honestly in high school and stuff, like in the back of the store, they had two movie seats, like from a movie theater and a screen nonstop playing Willy Wonka and the Chocolate so Factory great. every single fucking day, which would be a nightmare if you were working there. But for me, oh, it was beautiful. And like, I just learned so much of the movie. If it was way too hot of a day, I would go to the back of the store and sit there and I wouldn't allow anyone else to because I was a brat. Um, and so I don't know. That's exact. That's why we're doing it. And uh, I, I convinced Nick to rewatch it and then watch Charlie and the Chocolate Factory for the first time. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad. And we get to eat some fucking candy. Oh, man. Oh, already, I was, was going to not over swear this. for this. but Yeah, that didn't work out. I'm, <laughs> I'm already over the gobstopper thing. I'm going to do it because I honor the bet. And we could have bet money. And this is a lot better than paying you. Yeah. Um, but, you know. Um, I thought it was a funny idea. Okay, but we've got our we've got our typical five categories. Neither of these are true comedies, so we're gonna keep our normal five and our one to seven scale. Are you ready? Yeah, one being then, lowest, um, seven being highest, yeah, four one being is the middle. lowest, seven is the highest. You're ready? Yeah. Then come with me, and, and you'll, you'll be see. in a world, a world of pure of imagination. imagination. Take a look. Let's and uh, you'll see. <laughs> Uh, into your imagination. Okay. Do you let's start with acting, honestly, because I think that like okay. it's important for both of these. I like that. So let's start with Willy Wonka. Actoring is where we talk about the performances and um, whether the writers and directors gave the actors the tools that they needed to perform at the best of their abilities in the most magical and fun way possible. Um, and let's start with Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Uh, you can go ahead. Cool. <clears throat> Willy is obviously just a vehicle for Gene Wilder to perform one of the most iconic acting performances of all time. Yeah. I mean, it's like a masterclass in sarcasm, in um, being unsettling, but charming and brilliant and hilarious and sharp and also somehow likable, all in the same character. Yeah. Um, And the end when he yells at Charlie is so perfect because of all of this, like, all of this insight into how weird this person is. Mm-hmm. And then he just like explodes at the end. Do you know that, uh, the character that the guy that played Charlie, Peter Ostrom, who I'll talk about in a little bit, cause he's pretty interesting. Um, he didn't know that that scene was coming and, cry? and yeah. So he was like, it, I mean, it's like, Honestly, a really abusive moment, and it's it's, it comes out of nowhere because Wonka is crazy, but he's not like mean. Um, and Gene Wilder, the whole shoot was just like he really, really badly wanted to tell Peter Ostrom because he was going to feel so bad about it, and the director would not allow him to do yeah. it because he wanted a real m- emotion, which is very problematic in a lot of movies, is like Last Tango in Paris. Um, what? The green is lemon lime. Green isn't is it? watermelon. Oh, yeah. Um, so uh, <laughs> interesting. Uh, but uh, yeah, so that was like Jen- and Je- fucking Gene Wilder, bless his soul, like yeah, really just wanted to help. Scared the crap out of a kid, but he didn't want to. 
Um, <clears throat> the kids, uh, on the topic of the kids, they are not the best. I I couldn't I couldn't disagree more. I I gave it a five. Are <laughs> you fucking asshole? Because they bother me, dude. Yeah. No one in the movie is very good except Gene Wilder, in my opinion. And Gene Wilder's like a seven. But everyone else is like a three. Wrong. Okay, can I jump in? Or a four. Yeah. I think I, I think you're like mostly fair. I do wanna say that I, I'm going to circle back to Gene Wilder because I think that he deserves a lot of talking points on this. But Jack Albertson as Grandpa Joe is like incredible. And he's an Academy Award winning actor. Fine. I think his like, I've got a golden ticket scene when he's singing is genuinely good singing. And I really like that scene. And I think it's so much better than in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory when he just gets up and there's nothing about it. Yeah, even it's though he's so much veteran. more important in it's just Willy an, Wonka. It's just a hilarious scene. Yeah. It reminds me of a lot of older musicals. Um, I think all the kids are absolutely hilarious. Like, Violet is so funny in her first TV interview when she's like, Hi, Cornelia. How are you, sweetie? Mm. Um I think Ver- Veruca Salt, like the whoever played Veruca in the original Willy Wonka, is incredible. Like I think it's like really, really good child acting. Um, I love, uh, I-, I love all the shit with like Violet and her. Like when she's like, "Can it, you nit?" Or she's like, <laughs> "Stop squawking, you twit!" Uh, and the vernicious knit thing. Why does it all rhyme with it? Uh, I think the parents are great. I think Veruca's dad is great. Oh, Mr. Beauregard is... I'm going to do my impression later, but uh, <laughs> Mr. Beauregard is so funny. Um, yeah, Mr. Salt is pretty solid. Dude, the Oompa Loompas are epic. Do you know about the Oompa Loompas? Like, most of them didn't speak English, so that's why they're... Because they're from Germany. They filmed a lot of this, like, Oh, yeah, they Munich. filmed it mostly in Germany. Yeah, and uh, they... So they, they're... Mouths aren't always right when they're singing, which I honestly think makes it funnier. <laughs> but they also were known for, like, the little people that played uh, the Oompa Loompas were, were known to party a ton. And they would take limos out to bars after sets. <laughs> and I, I pray to God that they fucking, like, just sang at these bars. Um I think t- Charlie is totally serviceable as a main character. Mm. I don't think it's good acting, but I think it works for the role. I think you can empathize with this character a lot. You can empathize with this character, but I think it's because the writing is good generally. That, that's totally fair. And I think that, I mean, that does go into it. But Peter Ostrom, which is kind of interesting, like, did it, this is his only movie ever. He yeah. didn't, he, didn't do a single they thing. were going to sign him. They, like, offered him, like, a five-movie contract. For like, you know, with a studio to do a bunch of movies. And he refused and he became a veterinarian. Um, and he's just, I, I really, really like the scene between him and Grandpa Joe when they're sneakily eating some chocolate at night. And oh, yeah. he says, you know, I bet that the golden ticket makes the chocolate taste terrible. And that's like a yeah. genuinely great scene. A good line. Um, the teacher is hilarious. It's like Monty Python-esque humor. Um mm-hmm. I don't know. I one one thing I'll say about Willy Wonka. Once he comes in, he is firing off lines like he's oh, Jordan yeah. in one of those like forty plus point uh, playoff games. <laughs> it's like nonstop, amazing <laughs> quips, little like insights when he's blowing up at them, and he's like, etc., etc. <laughs> I I just I love it. I it I is think an iconic. 
it's so it's so great <laughs> dude you're gonna die uh it's so great when he's like mad at violet and he's like oh, please don't please stop and then he goes oh, it always goes wrong with the desserts oh well i i'll have to figure that out later or mm-hmm. something like that it's great i i'm gonna i really want to give it a seven i'm gonna be fair give it a six I think it is one of my favorite performances ever, though, and that it's amazing. If I was forced, to, if I was forced to bring Joker up to a seven because of how good Joaquin Phoenix was, I almost want it. I'm get, fuck it. I'm giving just it a give, seven. Yeah, just do it because right. I mean I don't like blame you because Gene Wilder is so incredibly good in Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Like, yeah, he's just like, and he took the role because he he has a couple really great quotes. Like he wanted to do the 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 like somersault scene that he his intro. He was like, I'll only do it if it happens exactly this way. Right. Well, he actually didn't even want to do the movie unless he could do that right. when he was reading that. Yeah. He said, I'm going to come out of the door, carrying a cane, walk toward a crowd with a limp. After the crowd sees Willy Wonka as a cripple, they all whisper to themselves and they become deathly quiet. As I walk toward them, my cane sinks into one of the cobblestones I'm walking on and stands straight up by itself. But I keep on walking until I realize that I no longer have my cane. I start to fall forward, and just before I hit the ground, I do a beautiful forward somersault and bounce back up to great applause. And that was what he wanted to. Because he that's wanted a to make sure that they didn't. Wilder. Yeah, and yeah, I, I read that interview, and he like uh, he talks about how how important that was to the character because you could never know whether he's lying or not. Yeah. And that's so great. And honestly, I think you should look up uh, Gene Wilder's interview. One of his last, I think it is his last TV interview with Jimmy Fallon, uh, like Mm. before he passed away. And it is like, it's just so pure. And it's like almost all about this movie. And you could tell that his mind had kind of slipped a little bit, but like, it's beautiful. Um, Seven for me. All right. Let's talk about Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Okay. (laughs) What do you think? All right, I won't give the rating until the end. Without considering any of the other performances, I want to give this a one because I hate, I personally hate Johnny Depp as an actor. There are movies that I do really, really like him in, especially well, his more like normal roles. I, I don't like him as a person either. Adequate. But he brings this whole, I hate every choice that he made. I wrote, Halfway into the movie, I wrote in all caps, dude, fuck Johnny Depp. They make him like kind of feminine-ish and he has this annoying little laugh. He's like, and I'm going to do this. <laughs> like, I, it just, I, it doesn't work. He has these dumb little voices. He's essentially doing a Lorne Michaels or Dr. Evil impression for yeah. most of it. And then sometimes he slips into like Jim Carrey as Ace Ventura. I don't understand if he was he supposed he to be from, funny. To like, he said he took it from television uh game show hosts oh well then i hate it even more because they couldn't have been more off i yeah. didn't find it to i didn't that understand way. that quote the michael jackson comparison he was like i don't understand that i don't see it he just has like, like dude you definitely seem like you're doing an impersonation of michael jackson i mean i mean to the makeup and the way he's acting and like how creepy he is yeah. and the fact that michael jackson essentially made like his place to be like the chocolate factory the like um, high-pitched voice the uh, soft-spoken yeah yeah I, the pale so skin i wrote down the weird haircut he just he doesn't fuck with them to the level that Gene Wilder does. No, he's a different person than Gene Wilder's Willie. He, he's different, but he's but then he copies what Gene Wilder does, like the mumbler. You're mumbling just a little bit, like he just yeah. ruins the joke. It's like 
It's like Hot Tub Time Machine 2, how it ruined all the great jokes of the first movie by just repeating them. It doesn't work. I don't think, like, him entering the candy, there's, like, there's no fucking with them before they even get into the factory. Like, he just isn't messing with them. And it's, like, you're not, you're not full of, like, mysteriousness, and, and that doesn't work for me. I, Freddie Highmore is fine. He looks absurd as a child. Like, he almost doesn't yeah. look like a real human being. <laughs> um, I also don't understand why this movie is called Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, because there's no character development of Charlie. It's a remake of the book. book which is called that, but, like, honestly, I think the it movie the title plot, should be yeah, switched. It follows the plot of the book better, but it's true. It's and more it's about kind Willy of, Wonka, right? It's more about Willy Wonka, and that was, um, that was uh, Roald Dahl's, like, biggest problem with... He 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 disavowed the first movie. He hate, I know. He hated the seventy. And I, the it 70s. makes me appreciate the first movie way more. Um, but it's because the the book is about Charlie. Yeah, it's not really about Willy Wonka, um, and he hated that that was what they where they went with it. No, the original movie is more about Charlie than it's it more is about, about Charlie than the O five version. Yeah, the O five version it's is barely all about, about Charlie at all. Oh yeah yeah yeah. So that's what I'm saying. Roald oh. Dahl would have hated this even more. I don't know when he. No, I think away. he actually kind of liked this. I thought he was alive when this came was out. Was he? Yeah. Well, that was stupid of him. Yeah, fuck him. To like this one better, but anyways, dude, Veruca sucks in this. That is a bad child actress. She annoys me. Greatly. She's not even interesting in this. Her death movie. scene is great. Or it dis- is the squirrel scene, scene is cool. She's not yeah. disfigured. She's just covered in trash. Yeah. Did you know they trained those squirrels? Those are real. Uh, they trained. Them. They tried to train them to do all of that. Well, the squirrels were pretty good actors, to be honest. They were great. Like, but they, all those like close-ups of the squirrels—that's a real squirrel. That's not like a Jungle Book squirrel. Oh, that's Mowgli interesting. Squirrel. Yeah, yeah. No, it's not like a, no. They do look real. Or a lion they don't, squirrel. It doesn't look like CGI at all. So no, it's because cool. they're real. They trained them from cool. from birth. They trained several squirrels to crack open walnuts and put the the meat of the walnut onto a conveyor belt. I love that. Trained squirrels. I love walnut meat. <laughs> Dude. What? Um, <laughs> another person, Violet, like, I forgot that they make her into this, like, karate kid in this. Yeah, she's like a, yeah, she's like a hyper I mean, it makes sense because of the competitive nature of Violet in the original, mm-hmm. but, like, I don't like it, and I don't think she's good. Although Anna Sophia Robb is actually a pretty good actress. She was really good in Bridge to Terabithia. Yeah, Mike, I think, is the worst one for me. Mike and I thought he was the best one. Really? Yeah. I um, I don't hate Johnny Depp in this. I hate you. I don't like him. I'm going to give it a four. Four? Oh, my God. All right. Because I don't think the, the things that he does that, like, don't work for me go into other categories okay i think that he made a bunch of stupid choices that i would not personally have made had i been him but i mean i'm not johnny depp so i don't know what the hell he was thinking he was the only person obviously obviously he was the only person tim burton wanted to play this character tim burton's second choice helena bonham carter Dwayne the rock johnson really really I actually want to see that movie. No I think it idea. No, I'm kidding. It would have been. Horrible. That's what Wikipedia told me. Wikipedia could be That's wrong. That's so wrong. I think he's the second choice for like every director of a big budget. Like so movie. many people wanted to play this part. I wondered like who I would really. And you know what I'd want? Jake Gyllenhaal. I think Jake Gyllenhaal, but he's not old enough. Like if he yeah, was like old. Yeah, current Jake Gyllenhaal, not Hugh 05 Jackman. Jake Gyllenhaal. Hugh Jackman would have been great. 
Just like so, no, Willem Dafoe. He just wanted ooh. Crispin Glover. Ooh, he just wanted Johnny Depp wanted so badly not to be doing a a Gene Wilder impersonation, but the movie's then written to be like so it. that yeah, so that Johnny Depp would have to at least in part be doing a Gene Wilder impersonation. The like sarcastic dislike of children. God, this whole episode, my mouth is just <laughs> dude, like so full of spit, soon. dude. <laughs> Um, the physical humor is what fails. Yeah. So I gave it a lower, mm, I, I don't know. The physical humor fails. I think the physical humor fails. I also didn't mention like grandpa Joe's one of my favorite parts of the original one. He's and he is bit, he's like a big character in this, but it's, he's lame. He's not charismatic. He knows Willy Wonka for some fucking reason. Like, why did they put that in there? Um, and doesn't end I, up lending itself to the plot in I any way. I think that the original, the original movie, you don't even get to Willy Wonka until 45 minutes in. But like, what's so great about it is they really build up all these characters, and especially Charlie. And it's like, not only is it a funnier movie, it's also a more like, it's a humbler version of this story. Yeah. Um, so you know what? I'm going to give it a two. Fuck that. All right. All right. Uh, let's move on to our extremes. next category. Um, let's do spectacularity. Okay. Um, talking about the spectacle of the movie and how engaging it was and whether you were distracted with runtime or, you know, just bored and taken out of it. We could start with Charlie and so the chocolate uh, factory. This could be fairly brief. Yeah. Um, I was pretty engaged in this movie generally, like overall, uh, because they well they're both sort of musicals we've kind of didn't mention that yet. no this one's not enough their build is musicals no well, no, no no the first one Willy is definitely Wonka is built oh i hundred percent yeah yeah um there's enough like silliness and weird stuff to look at and like yeah. weird scenes that are thrown into charlie and the chocolate factory that are like fairly funny like when they're on the conveyor belt and they go over the the puppet nurse wing. Yeah. And he goes, he goes, this is the puppet, uh, like not nursery, the, the puppet infirmary. It's fairly new. Yeah. And yeah. There's there like a like couple, little... there's like dry lines that keep you kind of laughing as it goes. That's fair. But then what really, really hurts this movie and why I'm giving it a four is the ending is just God, like God. this, like, uh, the ending, it just like Dude, loses uh, steam, and then there's this whole like 25 minutes of just like, yeah, it is. Oh, it, we're just gonna lot. like, oh, okay, it's about family now, which is weird because Willy Wonka kind of ends more abruptly. Yeah, there's a pacing issue for sure in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. I that's what I was gonna say. I mean, this is an example of a very well made movie that I just strongly detest. I just and I'm si I was sitting there with my arms crossed like the whole time and i think it's not totally fair i think a lot of that is just because of my obsession with willy wonka but i should also be excited about seeing the story again with better production value mm -hmm. uh, and i wasn't i think the pacing is really awkward and clunky i don't think the movie is evil or dark enough to be interesting no. and i don't think it's funny enough to be fun yeah and yeah. like I, I think it's funny enough to be fun i thought like like thank you so much 
for boring the hell out of us with the exposition of everything in Willy Wonka's backstory for the yeah. first like 20 minutes, including that stupid Indian chocolate palace story. Oh my that God. Served so no dumb. Perp- I thought they were going to bring it up later. That must be in the book, right? Yeah. I, I don't know. I'm sure. not going to read the book because it's I, a children's book. Yeah. I, got other, I got Game I, of Thrones I, to read. Oh, nice. I'm real backed up on Game of Thrones. Uh, this so movie like, just takes it. I think it takes itself too seriously. It or does. it shows you too and much. And it's obvious because Christopher Lee is the narrator. As soon as you're like, oh, Christopher Lee's the narrator, taking yourself too seriously. Well, yeah. yeah, right, because he is just <laughs> such a dark voice. I just think of Saruman. Yeah, it's like, time. oh, thanks, Saruman, for explaining yeah. the entire existence of, of Willy Wonka. Really appreciate that. Also, totally nitpicking, when it, sh- when it says, like, Dusseldorf, Germany, and it's like, uh, in your sh- in this, on your screen is a c- just a, so obviously a city in Germany. Yeah. Like, they just put, like such Germany buildings in there. I know. And you're just like, that. obviously that's Germany. And then two seconds after you say, Dusseldorf, Germany, on the bottom, everybody starts talking. Like everyone, yeah. that was not a German accent. I that wasn't was prepared like the to do Swedish that. plumber. It was. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the Swedish plumber. But then immediately you're just like, I am Augustus Klute. And you're like, yeah. okay. Then yeah, we're in Germany. Thanks. I don't even. Like, I hate that. About I don't even movies. talk like so. The the humor is just not there in this movie, and I don't even know if it was purposefully supposed to be funny. I actually, Nick and I were talking about this earlier, but the score is like always dark yeah. and menacing, and so it doesn't even allow you to laugh during it. And there's no, yeah. it's not a musical. So like besides the Oompa Loompa like rock songs, there's no <laughs> which are there's no like legitimate taking bangers. you out of like the seriousness. They're bangers. Yeah, re- uh, fine. I, they're not remember. They're not memorable. They're not no, catchy. No, you can't understand what anyone is saying because it's like seven people all singing at once. It, yeah, and like falsetto. Yeah, um, it doesn't work. But yeah. they are bangers. I also gotta say, I dude, this movie is too long. For uh, two hours is too long for this type of movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I couldn't care less about a lot of the sequences. The whole like Mike TV scene in the factory, and then the Queen like song by the Oompa Loompas in that is like you could take that whole scene out of the fucking movie because I could not care. The less movie about loses it. steam, and so and quick. I'm actually gonna take it down. It ruined it. everything I found magical about the original movie, and that took me out. I'm gonna all take the it time. down to a three because the pacing is just two. so messed up. Piece up to to uh, spectacularity down. Nailed it. My okay. teeth hurt. <laughs> Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Take those out of your damn mouth. I gave a six. Um, it's a much more like, it's a movie that you just know is very confident in itself. You can yeah. just feel that great everyone making the movie was like, we, we got this. Like, mm-hmm. this is just so, we're very much in the zone. We are in the pocket. We are jamming. Yeah. Let's crank this bad boy out. And like they loved what they were doing so much that there are additional scenes that are not in the movie that sound li- like they are so funny. They yeah. almost sound it's like they had so many. Do they funny, remind yeah. me of like Rick and Morty esque like like tangential scenes that they oh, just took that. out of this movie? I need to see that. That would have been so funny. Right, is there a director's cut with that? Okay, let me let me read you this one. I gave it a six. I think it's great. The audience no, about story. where the children are going, the fact that this is almost a horror movie, like it's You don't know. Roger Ebert gave it a four out of four when it first came out, and he said that the movie is scary, but also <laughs> not. And it's Funny, but also Thanks, not is not essentially. It's not, not what he said, but he was like, it's just scary enough and just funny enough and just endearing enough that it's like a perfect family yeah. comedy or family movie. For sure, and it's so true. It's not really scary, but also those kids died like straight up in this one. Yeah, they don't you don't back. know. Yeah, you don't know. And I love that Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. You know they're not dead. 
Yeah. In this one, they could be dead. Who knows? Um, this is this is the scene where they cut out of this. I think it's so awesome. <laughs> okay. It was cut due to poor test screenings. Okay. I guarantee you film this now. I'm I'm a screen it real, real positively. But it's in the scene, which took a lot of preparation and money to film, an English explorer climbs a holy mountain to ask a guru the meaning of life. The guru requests a Wonka bar. Finding no golden ticket, he says, Life is a disappointment. That's it. I love that. That's a scene. No, it I fits love so that. so perfectly with the tone. The montage. It's hilarious. No, and they would work in the montage. So that's, I, I love that. And I, I think if there's a director's cut, I got to watch it. And it's kind of uh, crazy. Stuart, I, the, the, I forget the guy's first name, but he loved the scene, but very few people laughed at it. Like um, it was too and dry. Test trainers, yeah. And he invented his psychologist friend to watch it. And the psychologist told him, you don't understand Mel. It's Mel Stewart. Yeah. For a great many people, life is a disappointment but that's like half the point of the movie yeah i and that's i love that, is that life and terrible. i think it would have i think it would have fit <laughs> life in. is horrible so i actually i'm i'm gonna give it a seven because i just i really i am so engaged every time i watch this like if nick just watched it with me and it's one of those movies where i sit forward in my seat and put my like hands under my chin and just watch in amazement I hate musicals. I don't like them. I can't emotionally resonate with movies where there are people singing. This is a great musical. I think every song is whimsical and fun. It's not annoying. Nope. The only one that I don't... The only scene that, that takes one, me out of the yeah. movie is Cheer Up, Charlie, because it's so depressing and just it's just not important. Um, how can you not love the Oompa Loompa songs? They're just like cautionary tales. They're hilarious. They're like really, really well... In Willy Wonka. In Willy Wonka, the yeah, they're just they're ca- they're like hilarious cautionary tales where you're like, did they know what was going to happen beforehand? Mm-hmm. Which is the funniest part of it. Um, the pure imagination, as you were talking about earlier, is one of my favorite like musical songs ever. It it's goes up there great. with like singing in the rain and um, some things in Wizard of Oz. The nightmare boat scene is so great. Like I'm so, so engaged during I love that. that scene. Gene is just a beautiful <laughs> lunatic. So you know that the Wonkatania was like on a track. And they had an Oompa Loompa um, in the front, and he thought he was actually steering it, but Mel Stewart didn't tell him that he was on a track. And the guy, dude, that just makes that so much better. There were a few (laughs) moments where Nick and I, like, and I've seen this so many times, we genuinely, like, died of laughter. Like, we laughed so hard when I did the, what's for dessert, baby? (laughs) With Mr. Uh, Beauregard. Uh, Augustus Gloop's dad eating the microphone. Uh, Yeah. Slugworth has low-key one of the funniest moments when he's interviewing. um, I I can't remember if it's Augustus Gloop or, no, it's, it's Violet. And he's swinging the microphone back and forth. Yeah. And it's like, there's little bits of comedy that keep you going. The whole sequence with the Wonka bars is so great. It's like a montage and you're getting like, there's the German psychiatrist who's like, but tell me where they are. And then you have like the computer and uh it was a pirate you just did a pirate yeah it was like but tell me that's italian i think <laughs> uh i love when it's like the rude ass computer and it's like what would a computer do with a lifetime supply of chocolate oh yeah and he's like i'm about to tell him exactly what he can do with <laughs> 
is a funny <laughs> that scene is so dude great. the ultra a dramatic scene oh, where dude, the woman there's one. a kidnapper who like kidnapped this woman's husband and for uh is holding him for ransom for her last like case of wonka bars and the cop is like come on you gotta do this for your husband and she's like I don't know. I have to think about it. Can I think about it? <laughs> so good. Um, <laughs> I will say, as a final point of why it's a seven for me, none it's of the that scene... comedy is in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. No, and, it, and it's so like this movie is making fun of itself as it's going, and it's great. Um, one thing, one thing that sums it up why it's a seven for me. Before I like talk way too much, is that um, when they open, <laughs> when they open up the Candyland area mm. with the chocolate river and everything and he sings pure imagination like my heart is like exploding as i'm watching that scene mm-hmm. like it's like it's beautiful it's full of wonder it's like wizard of oz when she first shows up or it's like harry potter when they first get to hogwarts like it's just this you know that you're entering some like magical movie and the most of the room actually was edible yeah. i mean eatable i mean you could literally eat everything in the room <laughs> Good job. Uh, except for the water, which the actor that played Augustus Gloop said, and I am going to take this. No, there was real chocolate. chocolate in it. It's not, there they wasn't a tried. lot. Yeah. It didn't work. So yeah. they just dyed it. And it smelled really And then really they bad. asked him later and he said, it was just dirty, stinking water. <laughs> Wait, was he actually German? Yeah. Oh, that's hilarious. His name's like Adam Froheim or, or yeah. something. Yeah. That's funny. I do wish it it was just dirty, stinking water. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I do wish that Willy Wonka was in more of the movie, but when he shows up, it's just like, bam, 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 bam. These are great scenes. Okay. Uh, Let's move on to our next category. Uh, Right. Uh, Our next category. Let's do originality. Early reviews. Red ones are the best. Orange ones are the worst. Same with every other candy. Which is the one with the hairy chest? The the orange ones. The green ones are good. They start watermelon, and then in the middle, they're lime. All right, Nick, talk to me about originality. What was creative about this movie? Did it need to be made? Uh, does it does it need to be made since it's from uh, original source material? Are we starting um, with Willy Wonka? Yeah. You're not going to like this. I don't think that you needed to make this movie necessarily. I don't think... I think there's something to be said that... What are you saying to me? That the creator, the writer, doesn't... Like, I'm a trifle deaf in this ear. Could you speak a little the, louder? If the writer doesn't, if the writer of the book disowns the movie, you've created something that is so not what he intended that, I mean, I guess that's original. I actually, I'm going to give it a five because I do think that it's a great movie and it's spawned, it's like launched so many things and we'll talk about it in Legacy. I'm going to give it a five. I was wrong by okay. giving it a four. I just think it's interesting that someone who wrote a very famous book, had it adapted, would be like, I hate that so much that I will say that I dis- I disavow. I do not it's happened. It's happened a few times. Like Dune famously yeah. was like... Like I have to know yeah. that it has to be taken. You have to like... No, that's serious. Take that in, but I don't know why that is. I do think that a lot of Dahl's ideas for the way that he wanted his book to be were really interesting. Like, did you know that Charlie was supposed to be black? Yeah, he was supposed to be black. Uh-huh. There was supposed to be like it was supposed to be really fucked up in the factory. Right. Like they were supposed to be like mashed up into like meat right. and shit. He also um he also the the Oompa Loompas were fairly racist. Um yeah. and then he changed them so that they were white and they were more like hippies in the book. Right. 
And then obviously the movie took the original idea to just make them like weird, creepy clowns that are orange. Dude, I love that. <laughs> yeah, it's a great choice yeah. because then it's like, oh yeah, it's not that's not. It's racist. not making that's fun of anything. Weird. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> um. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a fair uh, rating. I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna give it a five. It's just really interesting that that Dahl would like really hate this so much, and his wife too. When she was interviewed about it, was like they just changed it too much. I don't understand why they had to take such a a beautiful work from my husband and and change it. Yeah, I mean, I think that's well, fair, like, and but, he has he has they, every I mean, right to be mad at that. But like, right. I don't necessarily always I, I, like when a remake it, is exactly. It obviously like it. worked the way they changed it. Yeah, I think the creative risks really work, and I really right. appreciate them. I especially, I just think that it's such an original movie for not being like the book. And I actually respect that because they didn't they didn't mess up anything. The, the tone, the ideas of the original book are still in there. Yeah. Which is weird that Roald Dahl would be so like adamantly against it. Um, the idea of the value and of uh, and importance of Willy Wonka and and chocolate in this world is a hilarious idea. Like where it's like essentially m- more important than money mm-hmm. and. They shame poor ass kids who could somehow only afford like one chocolate bar a year. I, I how poor could you? You couldn't live if you couldn't have one, and you were living in that in that city, one chocolate bar a year. It, it's like back then it was like five cents. You gotta love cabbage soup, dude. Looked good, um, <laughs> but like the, everything about that, I think is really creative. And then uh, aside from Willy Wonka, I think this movie cares so much about its characters. Yeah. Like I, w- but I, but shrouding Willy Wonka in mystery is itself a smart idea to keep him interesting. Mm-hmm. It's a creative touch, even though the movie's supposed to be about him. You don't know anything about him. Yeah. Um. Uh, and, and then I love the way that Willie tells them about the Oompa Loompa background in this. I thought it was really clever because it's so absurd that someone's like, Loompa Land? I, I teach geography. I've never heard of Loompa Land. And he's like, oh, well, then you will know all about their plight and stuff. And he says, he tells this story about them, but you don't see it. But then in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, they fucking show all that and it ruins the absurdity of that story. Are we transitioning to talk into this? Yeah, I'm going to give it a six. Okay. Um, but uh, out of originality. But let's talk about Charlie and the Charlie Chocolate and Factory. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. You see the Oompa Loompa thing. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna talk about Oompa Loompas. Yeah, that's fine. Um, you see this fucking ridiculous scene with. I wrote way too much. With with uh with Johnny Depp like slicing and dicing his way through a jungle and like yeah. trying to taste giant hornets to see if they're sweet enough to make into candy. Ludicrous. Doesn't make any sense. Yeah. How weird is it that the book, whenever it was written, early 20th century, they were like, ooh, the African pygmy thing, pretty racist world. You're going to have to to change that. And he was like, you're right. And then and in then they, the 05 remake, they were like, like indigenous go, people. go back to the jungle pygmy idea. They shouldn't be black, but let's make him an Indian guy. Yeah. And then let's make... Every Oompa Loompa, the All same that guy. Indian guy. Yeah. Very weird choice. Doesn't make a lot of sense. Definitely not an original idea. Seems seems pretty messed up. Yeah. Doesn't work. Uh, and just in generally, I don't think the movie is original. I gave it a two. 
I yeah, I'm hovering between a one or a two. I just because it's more close to the book. I've seen doesn't make it more movie. creative. I've I seen actually, everything in this movie. Before. Totally every in other movies, and you've already seen it in Willy Wonka. Yeah, exactly. And I, I just I have I it's really tough because this is one of those just stop you don't need to anymore you've lost your bet i think i'm losing <laughs> okay um I can't you keep, now owe me 50 dollars. i can't no, keep I'm eating kidding. these um i think it's okay, unfair more, this is more. another one of those examples of like the thing that came <laughs> okay the thing that came before it i i'm so obsessed with that it hurts anything afterwards it's like how can you tarnish the legacy of something that i love but i Still think that everything seems genuinely wrong about this and not creative. I I do like the whole plot with his dad and his daddy issues. I think it's actually kind of well written to understand Willy Wonka. I don't think it's necessary. Um, but I, I also the just the exposition don't... about it is what annoys me. Not necessarily the story. The totally. Fact that they're like they don't like each other. Yeah, I like it more when you actually see the scenes between him and Christopher Plummer. Um, and I hate that he has the most stupid, exaggerated Tim Burton version of braces that a human i know it's a psycho i i mean the thing is like i don't like that they show too much of his backstory because then it creates more flaws they show that he has this affinity a newfound affinity for candy because he's like rebelling against his dad but they literally never explain why he is such a great inventor that's Mm -hmm. not like there's nothing for that so like would it would be better to keep it ambiguous um you already talked about the Oompa Loompas. I don't really, I don't, it, there, I don't like that there's no Slugworth plotline. There is the spy thing for a second, and there are three different spies, but the Slugworth po- plotline actually is a good through line for the original movie about like right. what it takes to be a trustworthy and good child. You know, yeah. not ratting on your dad when he's like drunk. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> But like, I, dude, I like this. I do like the squirrel scene. I think it's kind of clever. It's a cool addition to put that in. It's a cool way of like differentiating and the squirrels are super cute. Um, I don't like the scene more. I just like it. Dude, But they maul the worst character in the, the, which is cool. But the movie, it's great. Veruca's scene they in maul, the original. Maul, a but bunch the, of squirrels maul a small child. What could you not like? That I love that. <laughs> What I love more, I think, in the original is Veruca's song is great. I love Veruca's song with like "I Want the World." It, it's dude, and and going to the good. I I don't know. I love I I love that scene. I don't like them showing the kids leaving at the end. It's good because it's a kids movie. It's what and happens you should, in the book too. And that is part of the problem with the first movie is that it scared a lot of parents. But like, I don't like that. And yeah. um. It's just mostly a CGI flex on the original. Now, okay, we're moving on to eye candy, right? Yeah, let's do that. What did you give that, Charlie? Charlie, I'm going to give... Uh, I'll give it a... One. Yes! Fuck that movie. The originality? <laughs> yeah. Nice. Okay, so... Charlie and the Chocolate Factory is actually not... It's a lot of CGI, but it's not as much CGI as you'd think. No, it's a lot of uh, practical it's production It's a lot design. of practical production design just because they didn't think that the children, uh, not probably just because of this. It was probably interesting and cool to do as a director, yeah. but the children couldn't act in front of CGI. So they were like, we should have to do, we have to do a bunch of practical stuff. Oh, that's interesting. That's part of the reason why they did it. Okay. Um, hate the Oompa Loompas. Hate them. Yeah. Visually, they look Visually, stupid. they're super yeah. dumb. It's very annoying. 
but the rest is actually pretty good and fun. Yeah. Um, the use of practical effects rather than digital effects shows, especially if you know about it, and it mostly works. So I gave it a five. I don't think that anything, with the exception of the magical glass elevator and the Oloompas. Yeah, I don't like the Oloompas. The, the Oompa Loompas. The magical glass elevator kind of ruins how fucking absurd the first one is. It does. Um. So I mean, any it's the only reason it's not higher than a five because mostly I think visually it works. Um, even stupid scenes like the palace and the, the, like trudging through the jungle scene. It looks kind of generally cool. work. They don't look, yeah. they don't look horrible. They look better than movies that came out to, like a year ago. I mean, my first note on this was like, whoa, cool CGI opening scene with a high tech factory and intense music. Yeah, a kid's movie. Fucking relax. Dude, it okay? reminds me of the original Spider-Man opening. Yeah, it's oh, in sound. Yeah, like, it's so yeah. long, too. But visually, everything looks good. I think that yeah. even the CGI hasn't aged poorly, and that's actually kind of cool. Um, I do like Burton's weird mind. I mean, it's like such a Tim Burton movie, but like, I like the way that he does production design wise, the house so that they live in. Yeah. I hate that. And house. the invention room. Um, the costuming is mostly good. I mean, mm-hmm. they must have spent, they, okay, so this had a $150 million budget, which is for sure a waste because you're, it's not more magical than the original. Right. But, um, I'm pretty sure almost all of it must have gone into that boat ride because they make the boat ride the most insane CGI fuck fest of a scene. It, it is. It is yeah. cool, but I don't think it's more scary or exciting than the no. original one. So, like, cool. Good waste of money, you idiot. Um, I'm going to give it a four. I think it's kind of average. Like, I, I'm, not, I'm not blown away by it, but I, I honestly don't. I don't mind visually anything in it. No. It's, um, it's nice to watch. And it's the same thing for Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory for me. Like, I enjoy all the psychedelic stuff. I think all movies that have psychedelic stuff should look like Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of iconic visuals, too, and, like, scenes and things that obviously stuck with people after this. It's a movie from the 70s. So, yeah. like, does some of it fall flat? For sure. But it's so um, interesting because I just watched Citizen Kane yesterday. Yeah. And Citizen Kane was made in 1941, oh, and it looks like leagues. It 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 looks leagues better than movies from like the 70s, which is just crazy. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. One of Johnny Depp's uh, um, favorite movies is Citizen. No, Kane. well maybe I don't know him. Uh, one of his inspirations for his character in Willy Wonka, in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, is yeah. uh, is Citizen Kane. No, I get that. Yeah, there's there's Weird, like a cockiness to him that's that uh, Charles uh, whatever Kane um, has. Um, really strange, but I I gave Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory a five, same score. Oh, interesting. Okay. I think it's pretty on for an older movie, but it's not amazing. I think I I gave it a four as well. Um, this is the only problem I have with the movie. I, I don't Did I say four. It, I meant five. I, I, you said five. I gave it oh, a four. Oh, okay. As well as I did Charlie and the Chocolate Got Factory. Um, I think the production design is amazing in every scene. There's a meticulous, like, way that they crafted all the scenes. Um, the invention room is, like, brilliant, absolute nonsense. Like, yeah, it is dude. so... <laughs> I actually respect that even though the invention room is really cool in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, and this one, it's so... Like, you could sit there 
and look around and be just like amazed by who fucking decided what was going to be in that room. Um, I love that everything is in half in his office and the reason for even the wallpaper is. Yeah. And the reason for that is because they got to that scene and they were just going to have an office. And then uh, Mel Stewart was like, why? Like, we can't just show a norm. Why would he have a normal office? Like, we got to do something weird about this. So they just so they cut, just everything, cut in half, everything in half, which is like a genius <laughs> way to not add anything to a room. Um, not a lot of cool camera tricks. I don't think there's anything like special visually. And the 70s is actually one of the best decades ever in film history just like a lot of bangers especially around this time um i do think the boat scene is really really well done yeah and i love to do the like avant-garde disgusting film on the side that they actually made for the movie like one of the people that one of the producers i think is the one that has the fucking like millipede crawling on his face oh. and he had to do it and it was like really tough <laughs> um i'm gonna give it a four Let's move into our last category. All right. uh, legacy. Legacy. legacy is where we talk about legacy is uh, what we're, where we talk about uh, how this movie is talked about over time. What is its lasting legacy? How does it stand out in the history? Starting of with Charlie. Yeah, let's start with Charlie because we obviously got to end with Willie. It is Charlie and the Chocolate Factory is largely forgotten, I think. Yeah. It's cool and all, but uh, Johnny Depp just being Johnny Depp is uh no matter what you think of him he's definitely like a weird unusual individual and i just don't respect people that prefer him yeah the fact that this is just like a burton depp movie is just like oh yeah you mean the burton depp one yeah the one that's the tim burton one oh Oh, you mean the tim burton where he just had to put helena bonham carter in it too and just like totally misuse her talents because she's so goddamn good at acting she's just like a like just his mom she's just charlie's mom doesn't do anything it's just like it's just not good enough to surpass it's like the fact that it's just such a tim burton movie yeah like it's just like oh it's just one of tim burton's movies where he redid a thing from before right where he took a book and he just did tim burton stuff to it it's like okay cool um but i mean that being said, it has an 83% on Rotten Tomatoes. People generally like it. Yeah. It's not a bad movie. Yeah. So I'm trying to remember how I felt when I was a kid and I watched this because I don't remember liking it because I already liked the movie the or the original, but I don't think I was as pissed as I am now. And honestly, at that time, I, I still liked Johnny I Depp. I hadn't... Hard <laughs> I, at that time, I hadn't like built up my hatred for Johnny Depp. I mean, it was still like early, I think, in the pineapple or not pineapple, uh, Pirates of the Caribbean days. And like the first Pirates of the Caribbean, I still liked Johnny Depp. It's just when they kept going with that character that yeah. I stopped liking him. Fair enough. Um, it made four hundred seventy-four million dollars, uh, which is a lot, but it cost a lot of money, and it also was a different time, thirty-five years before, and it was a summer blockbuster. Um, it weirdly has really good critical reviews, mm-hmm. which I don't fully get, but I think it's just that critics really love Tim Burton and everything he's done. Yeah, uh, Audiences were whatever on it. I think like 6.6 is too high on IMDb, but like it was like a 48%. I think it's just, even though it's more colorful, it's more forgettable, as you For were saying. Sure. And yeah. people only talk about the OG one, and they should. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm going to give it a two. I don't think it's... I, I, I think it deserves some credit for how successful it was. 
But I just I think three is the more reasonable answer. But you're being pretty unreasonable today, <laughs> dude. I just really I just like this movie is like such a fucking slap in the face, and that's okay. to the beauty of the original. You're right, and it's okay. Uh, well, um, so for me, I'm hovering. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory has a total 18. Oh. Now that we're done with Charlie and the Chocolate, I Factory. I have to add mine up. It's gonna take me a couple seconds. Well, that's a good thing Go because we're talking about Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory yeah. now, and its legacy is very obviously a seven. Oh, um, interesting. How could it not be? Uh, I'll explain. G- no, Gene Wilder is. I mean, Gene Wilder's performance is just iconic. Tr- truly, eleven. <laughs> Ooh, wow, <laughs> truly an upper level performance, uh, like elite level acting job by Gene yeah. Wilder. So that lives on. The candy company Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory exists who I am going to sue for ruining my teeth and the inside of my mouth in this episode for an hour I have been eating these damn gobstoppers maybe you should guess for golf better dude the inside of my mouth is just like sandpaper right now these gobstoppers are they're delicious actually uh but the candy company I think debuted ju- shortly before the release of Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Oh, interesting. And then was purchased in 88 by Nestle. And now we just have like a huge, now we have an actual candy giant made yeah. from a movie about a candy giant made about a book about a candy giant. Yeah. And that's really cool that like th- that came from this movie. I think that alone would make it a seven, but it's also really, really well liked 91% on Rotten Tomatoes. Roger Ebert gave it uh, the full score he could when the movie came out. Like, it's just a very, very good family movie that has something for everybody. I am, I'm not saying, I'm going to give it a seven, but I'm not saying that it is f- a, like a hard seven, because, like objectively. Because when it came out, it was not a big hit. Parents were really scared of it. Not even kids. Like, parents were scared of showing their kids that. It only grossed. $500,000 on a $3 million budget. It lost Didn't a know that. it lost money, but it became one of the biggest hits once it like went to like home like yeah, it VHS famously and stuff. debuted on TV after 40 minutes of it were cut because uh it was after a football game that went into overtime. Oh, interesting. And you know, it was like the 70s. Yeah. So uh <laughs> yeah, and that was more They just started that. the movie 40 minutes in. Oh, that's ridiculous. Yeah. That would be so annoying if you'd never yeah, seen it. Yeah, exactly. You'd just uh, show up. Actually, Willy no, because then you'd only get you'd Willy only Wonka. You'd only get Gene Wilder, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but it, it like quickly became iconic. It's a legendary film. Uh, everyone recognizes it. Um, most people at least remember a lot of the songs, even if they haven't seen the movie in a mm-hmm. while. Um, it's got a really low Metacritic score, which is a little bit more That's like harsher. Strange. It's like 67. Um, and I mean... It's surprisingly under eight for IMDb and like, fuck you guys who gave like, I don't know. I definitely don't. It was nominated for an Oscar, but it should have been nominated. I I legitimately think it should have been nominated for best picture over the last picture show, which is considered one of the best movies. And it's a pile of garbage. Um, It's not, but I I don't like it. (laughs) Gene Wilder was like legitimately robbed a nomination. It makes no sense to me that he wasn't nominated. Um, but it gets better and better every time. And it's lasting legacy for me is that final line to Charlie when he's like, but don't, don't forget about the boy who got everything he ever wanted. Charlie, like, he's like, what happened? He's like, he lived happily ever after. And then it ends. And I'm like, 
dude, I'm going to fire this back up again. I'm watching it again. <laughs> it's like Inception for me. Um, I'm going to give it a seven. So in total, I gave an 11 to Charlie and the Chocolate Factory out of 35. Um, so that's... Because uh, I'm brutal. What is that? 39. Uh, no, that's not how math works. 29. Okay. Uh, out of... And I gave a, a thirty, yeah, and I gave seven. a thirty-one to Willy Wonka out of thirty-five. Mine is twenty-eight. Wait, I don't understand how mine is a thirty-one. No, that makes sense. Okay, yeah, thirty. So fucking, I love that 50, movie. I encourage everyone who fifty-nine to twenty-nine. That's great. All right, well, let's get into our accolade section. All right, let's talk about uh, Been some awards. For this the whole time. Really? Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because we're gonna break down. We are going to rate our favorite candy. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I get to hear the word candy for a while. I candy. already have a sugar headache. Um, I definitely should have should not have gotten like a sugary coffee drink too. Yeah, it I doesn't am, work. I'm messed up. Who's your uh, Who's your MVP? Who won these movies? Gene Wilder. Yeah. Next question. Next. Who lost these movies? Who's your LVP? Uh, crappy children. Yeah. I think remakes. Children who are caricatures of the seven cardinal sins. Yeah. I think remakes really lost. Like Yeah, I, remakes too. Ooh, good one. And Johnny good Depp. Pick. Fuck him. Comeback player of the year. The performance that grew on you over time or, or something that grew on you over time. Mm. Johnny Depp. I hate you. Just fuck, get off my podcast. I um, liked it more... As he kept doing it. I think it's the this physical time. physical comedy is really dumb, though. Yeah. Like the running into the glass elevator. I was like, just stop doing that. Oh, so annoying. Uh, that's just for children. <sighs> Kids. Um, I think my... I think the one that grew on me this time, even though I've always liked him, is Jack Albertson as mm. Grandpa Joe. I just... Especially watching Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, it made me appreciate how cool he... How awesome he is in Willy Wonka. Uh, six man person who did the most with the least. The OG Augustus Gloop. <laughs> That's hilarious. I honestly thought that the newer Augustus Gloop, it was just like fat shaming. Mm-hmm. It's like I wasn't even the part when he's like overeating himself is like more sad. Disgusting. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna go with um, probably Veruca or or either Veruca's dad or Mr. Beauregard, uh, Violet's dad. Oh, yeah. I just think both of them are so like funny in such a small or the mom for Mike TV when she's like when he goes and she goes Rachmaninoff <laughs> so it's so dumb that that was I guarantee you that was ad-libbed uh <laughs> so good all right all star team pick five performances uh, that you yeah you would Gene Wilder against any others the um I actually really like. I didn't talk about this in acting. The the newer Charlie, even though he's weird looking. Freddie Highmore. I think he's yeah. good. Uh, so Gene Wilder, Charlie Two, original uh, Augustus Gloop, Roll Doll, and <laughs> the Squirrels. All right, I will go with Gene Wilder, uh, Veruca, <laughs> Veruca's dad. <laughs> uh, Original, these are OG Veruca. Yeah, yeah, the originals. Uh, and then uh, Violet Stab, Mr. Beauregard, and then... Uh, um, I Honestly, like, I want to go... The teacher. I think the teacher is so... Okay. F- two! 
All right. Well, for the that's just absurd. So for the purposes of this exercise, we'll say you had two hundred chocolate bars. <laughs> yeah, dude, I love that scene. Do you have an infantry award for like the dumbest moment? Um, I mean, no, I didn't do one for this one. But if I had to pick a dumbest moment, I think it's definitely the chocolate palace scene. Yeah. Entirely yeah. And just like, what factory. purpose did it serve? I mean, it was so stupid the whole time. You're just like, wait, it's India. Yeah. It's going to melt. And then it melted. And then the movie had the gall to allow the man who wanted the chocolate palace to live after his chocolate palace collapsed on him. He should have died. Yeah, I agree. It would have been been, better. It would have been beautiful. And really dark and weird. Uh, I will go with that scene as well. Or going to Loompa Land. I just, I hate that. Um, yeah I th- I although thought it looks visually cool the chocolate factory or the chocolate palace is worse yeah um, chocolate palace is definitely something on urban dictionary chocolate palace is what i call my butthole <laughs> yeah <laughs> um chocolate palace means all right do you have like a favorite moment um like an individual moment yeah sure or you say like favorite what quote? was gene wilder's line that we were just busting up laughing at uh there was one particular one the dreamers of dreams we are the music makers and we are the dreamers of dreams <laughs> so because he doesn't answer the person's question no. i love it when he goes like <laughs> i'm sorry all questions must be submitted in writing uh i my favorite moment it just in total <laughs> is when they go into the Candyland area um with the chocolate fountain because Everything like the song, pure imagination's great. The way everyone's acting is hilarious. And then when Augustus Gloop falls into the river and it gets sucked up, that's when his mom is like, "Won't you do something?" And then he's like, "I do. I can't do my German today." Uh-uh. Uh, but he's like, "Help, police, murder." And it's like that's one of my favorite Gene Wilder scenes. And the way so the good. way he reacts when he falls in too is like, oh. he's like, oh. Don't taint the... Ch- He's, like, so much more worried about yeah. his chocolate. He, like, can't be touched by Don't people. Don't taint chocolate. Uh, I, I, and I love the boat scene. Um, okay. Do you have any recommendations for things that people should watch? Not related to chocolate. Oh, wait. Sorry. Uh, what are your top five favorite candies, Nick, in any order? In order. Okay, in order. These are my favorite candies. No one will agree with me in the whole world. I guarantee it. Number one. Number five. Just don't eat, just actually don't even say anything. Number five, <laughs> Reese's Pieces. Who are you, E.T.? Dude, Reese's Pieces are amazing. I know. They Number four, really Lifesavers. Not the mint ones, the candy ones. But not the gummy Lifesavers. No. Oh, fuck off, Well, dude. yeah, those two. What no, are you fucking the hard ones in the 65 years old? Dude, those are great. You I love hard, hard candies. Ca- you're, a, you're an old person. Number three, Peanut M&M's. That's great. Number two, Reese's Cups. You would. And number one. That's just one Christian's bracket. Payday. Payday is my favorite candy bar. Interesting. Is that the one like completely covered in peanuts? Yeah, it's peanuts and then it's like this like peanut flavored nougat. Isn't it essentially like, it's, it's like a lot a, like Baby Ruth but with peanuts on it. No chocolate. It doesn't have oh. any chocolate. It has like a nougat. I love nougat. Listen to me. It has like me. a peanut butter flavored nougat or something. They call me Ted Nougat. Because I love nougat so much. And because good. you're a raging <laughs> conservative. conservative yeah, no. figurehead. Um, all right. In order, number five, Charleston Chew. 
I love Charleston Chew. That's like great nu- a nougat. And yeah, you could call me old. Is payday nougat? Um, uh, okay, so number five, Charleston Chew. Number four, uh, Big Cherry. Oh. Those are really good. Um, I'm kind of weird with these. They had those at Rocket Fizz. I almost got one. Oh, nice. Uh, number three. I want to try something. Green different. Apple Abba Zabba's. You, okay. Okay. Uh, you made fun of my list? Yeah. Dude, get out of here. Number two. I think like I was hovering between, because I want to go with a chocolate bar. I'm not a big chocolate. Green Apple over, I'm Abba not, Zabba's. Dude, dude, they're so good. You, it's like having peanut butter on a green. Have you ever had an you. O. Henry bar? Yeah. Okay. Uh, payday is O. Henry without the chocolate. Okay. Well, you know what? I hate you. Oh wait, you know what? Actually, I'm gonna. I'm hold on. I'm gonna redo this. Okay, I'm gonna take green apple abazaba off of there, even though I love it and I appreciate it, Nick. I'm going to remove it and replace it with almond joy because I absolutely love almond joys. And then number two, I'm going to do a tie between Twix and Snickers because I don't prefer chocolate mm. candy to like sweet candy. Um, but they're both just right there. Snickers and then number one, very narrowly on my list. It's great. I mean, I think Snickers just has everything. Um, and number one is Sour Patch Kids. I think Sour Patch Kids are amazing. And that's my type of candy. Yeah. I'm a child. The the gummies. I like gummies. gummies and I like sour. I like gummies and peanut stuff. Yeah. That's pretty much it. You like gummies and penis stuff. Yeah, nice. Um, okay. Do you have any recommendations for movies that people should watch? No, not about candy. All right. doesn't need to be about candy. Oh, The Lodge was fun. I liked watching that one. Oh, yeah, one thumbs up. uh, I have never been more stressed out than in a finale, uh, than uh, the finale of Defending Jacob on Apple Yeah, if you watch Defending Jacob, text Nick or email us um, and and let him know. But don't ruin it. Actually, I check the email, so don't do that. Yeah, don't. You'll get, yeah, there's definitely some twists in there that you do not see coming. I recommend every single Gene Wilder movie. Uh, especially like Young Frankenstein, Blazing Saddles. Uh, he's so great in both of those. Um, Citizen Kane. I really recommend. I think Citizen (laughs) Kane is so good. No, I know, but I think Citizen (laughs) Kane is so like it was worth the hype for me. It's beautiful. I I can't believe he made that in 1941. Um, go on HBO Max if you have access to HBO. Do HBO Max. It's it's unbelievable. They have a lot of stuff from the Criterion Collection and a lot of newer stuff. It's cool. I also recommend The Wizard of Oz. Everyone should rewatch that movie. It is incredible. If we can find a way to do it on this podcast, we will because it is so great. Um, you can follow us on Music. social media. We are on Instagram. No, Instagram.com slash facing off pod. Just look up facing off and you will find our podcast and you could DM us and follow us there and you can check out all the movie recommendations I put on there um, and, and find out what our next episodes are going to be. You can also follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash facing off pod and you can send us an email. Do this. Um, let us know how you rated these movies. Uh, facing off podcast at gmail.com. Next week, yo, we're going to do two highly anxiety-riddled movies with uh, Adam Sandler. We're doing Uncut Gems versus Punch Drunk Love, uh, both of which I think can be found on Netflix right now. Or Punch Drunk Love, I think, is on HBO. But go and check both it out. Both of which have three syllables in the title. Yes, and both Punch of which love, are really... Uncut Gems. Yeah, and they're they're really good, but they are they are... Very stressful, um, but fun. Uh, Nick, do you have a send-off? I do. Uh, and I have another fun fact. 
Did you know that Sammy Davis Jr. really wanted to play the Candyman in yeah, the original one? But they thought it was gonna like take it you would out take of the movie. Take you out if yeah. Sandy, if Sammy Davis Jr. Baby, yeah. <laughs> can't do an impression of him. No. But uh, my sa- my send. That was like shit. The slap. I know. It, yeah. You can't. I did the. I did this thing. It's uh. Oh man, can you do Sammy Davis Jr.? No. It's a great impression if you could pull it off. No. I'll I'm learn the, it. I'm the Candyman, baby. That's kind of funny. <laughs> You get nothing! You lose! Good day, sir! 